Through our scripture text tonight, our Advent sermons, and even our sermons from long ago, we have heard the stories leading up to the birth of the Prince of Peace. Tonight, tonight they all come together as one story. And like all good stories, the ending plants the seed for a sequel, for more to come, letting us know that the story does not end here. The light of this night continues on, even from this evening past. Now, way back, months ago, we had a sermon on John the Baptist. How Mary, after she was told that she was with child, went to visit her cousin Elizabeth. Upon seeing Elizabeth and greeting her, Mary ran to her, and the child within Elizabeth leapt for joy. That child, who was about six months older than Jesus, was John the Baptist. And most of our kids can tell you his life's mission was to prepare the way for Jesus. The cool part of this is that John started preparing the way for Jesus from the very beginning. From leaping inside Elizabeth to Mary attending John's birth so that she would know what to expect with Jesus' birth. To Mary seeing firsthand the work of the Holy Spirit in closing and opening Zechariah's mouth until he did what the angel Gabriel asked him to do to name his child John. Every step of the way, even as a young baby, John was there helping prepare the way for his cousin, Jesus. Many of us this time of year return home for Christmas. We return to the place our family is from. Others of us wish we were at the places we grew up. Our wish we were children just for a day so that we could relive those past memories in those past places. For many of us, this is a time when houses are filled and there is limited space. A time you never quite feel like you have any privacy. There's always someone somewhere in an overly packed house. I admit this imagery reminds me of the scenes depicted in the opening of Home Alone. Kids having to share bathrooms, bedrooms, and even beds with these out-of-towners, well, because they're family. This depiction isn't too far off from what many scholars are now saying happened to Mary and Joseph. The more people have dove into what Palestinian life and culture for that time period looked like, the better a picture we have of what happened. The problem is... We're a people of tradition. We don't like it when traditions change, even if it's something as small as the ideal picture of where Jesus was born. Amuse me tonight, though. Dare to envision this story anew without any of our past preconceived imagery. Imagine with me Mary and Joseph traveling from Nazareth to Bethlehem. Why Bethlehem? Well, because Joseph is a descendant of King David, and Mary is betrothed to be his wife. 
Now this is an 80 to 90 mile trip. And it's not an easy one. There are hills going up and down all along that 80 to 90 mile stretch. The season, well, it was right in between where fall and winter would have come into play, which means it's the rainy season. As they passed through the desert area, daytime temperatures would have been in the 30s with lots of rain or freezing rain and at times snow beating down on them. At nighttime, the temperatures would have been below freezing. When they crossed through the forest area, they would have had to have been on guard and very quiet. Wild boars, bears, and even lions were known to attack people in that forest. And of course, throughout their travel, they also would have been on watch for thieves stealing from anyone that crossed their path, pirates of their day. This was a hard trip, a scary and physically wearing trip. In Mary's nine-month pregnant state, they probably traveled about 10 miles each day so that she could stop and rest along the way. Now, other travelers, they would have gone about 20 miles a day. So this was a longer journey than those passing them. More than likely, they ate bread and water for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. There's a possibility that they could have brought along a little bit of oil to have eaten with dinner and maybe a couple of their lunches. Suffice it to say, this was a horrible trip. We complain about having to stop for too many bathroom breaks or our kids picking at each other in the back of the minivan. And here, Mary and Joseph are in heavy wool coats to shield the snow and rain from their inner clothing and their skin as they travel uphill and downhill and uphill and downhill past wild animals and thieves, eating only bread and water, all while nine months pregnant. I'd love to report that when they arrived in Bethlehem, they were able to prop their feet up and relax, take a nice warm shower. But as we've already mentioned, houses are busy when family all comes to town. See, it was custom for people to stay with family when they came to town. As it is with most of us, when we visit a town of a relative and we go and stay with them. And just as some of our houses today have guest rooms, some of the houses there in that time period also had guest rooms. But they were slightly different than ours. They were in the back and they were extremely small rooms, literally only large enough for you to sleep in, not large enough to deliver a baby in. So when our text says that there was no room in the inn, that word inn is literally translated guest room. Now it's uncertain as to whether relatives were already using those guest rooms or if Mary went into labor and there literally was not enough room for her to deliver inside that guest room. Regardless, the stable would have been an ideal place for her. 
See, stables in that time period were attached to the house. They weren't like ours that are a little distance and disconnected. The stable would have had a large open space, large enough for lots of family members to gather. Yes, some animals might have been in there, but not the majority of them, only the donkeys and possibly a few sheep. And they would have been kept in the back portion of the stable. There would have been a large front area in which straw covered the floor, where Mary and Joseph would have had plenty of room to stay. Now, during these days prior to doctors and hospitals, families and friends helped in the delivery of babies. Remember, Mary was, pre- was present when Elizabeth gave birth to John. So she had an idea of what to expect and techniques that might help her along the way when it came time for her to give birth. It's very possible that many family members were present the night of Jesus' birth. And yes, it is thought that he was born in the middle of the night. It's our nature as people to help others that we see in pain, including women in labor, and to pass on our knowledge and our birth stories so that they may be of help. It's very possible that Jesus was born just like most of the other babies born in that time period, in a home surrounded by family. God came to be with us, among us, to live like us. This started from the beginning, even being swaddled in bands of cloth and placed in the hay inside the manger feeding trough. It would have been an ideal place to lay a newborn in the large sable area. In that region, there were shepherds living in the fields, keeping watch over their flock at night. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for see, I am bringing you good news of great joy for all people. To you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a child wrapped in bands of cloth and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to all humankind. A few days before Christmas at the church of St. Nicholas in Oberndorf, Austria, the parish organist told the pastor that the old church organ was broken and it could not be repaired before the Christmas Eve service. The organist said that he could play his guitar instead. The pastor agreed and added that he had written a simple poem that could be set to music. So that night, in 1818, in the little St. Nicholas Church, the world heard, in German, for the first time, the song that we'll close with tonight, Silent Night. And while that night started out as anything but silent, with family all around in a busy house, 
with labor pains and the birth of a baby with his first cry. I imagine it was such an exhausting scene that once everyone resigned to go to bed, there was nothing but peaceful silence. That born that night was the Prince of Peace. That all creation was able to breathe in peace. And that's what Jesus brought to our lives that night. The light of love and peace. Peace to all. Peace to those in pain. Peace to those with a broken heart. Peace to those who live in darkness that are war-torn. Peace to all humankind. A peace that you can even feel in times of disbelief. For a light has been born this night. A light that when hung on a post lights a whole house for all to see. And as the light of love and love of Christ continues to spread and shine peace into our world, we are humbled and amazed and in such awe that we go from here spreading that light of love. <laughs>